Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Hope you're having a great day. Let's get to the topics. First, the Delphi murder suspect gets schooled on who is in charge of his case now. We have a case of absolute senseless violence for a pizza. How angry would you have to be to do what this guy did to his wife? And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. Hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to me on any of your favorite podcasting apps as well. Let's go ahead and uh, get to the docket. But first, yes, the Michelle Traconis trial continues. I think we're up to day nine. We've been streaming it live the entire time. And guess what? Um, only four more weeks to go. I hope they have a little something more to say that Ms. Traconis was guilty in knowing what Photos Dulos was doing. I'm going to say I haven't watched all of it, but what I've seen, not impressed with the amount of evidence. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. And hey, do you think we're going to make it? I think we've excused three jurors already because they have made comments about the uh, case to other jurors. They're out of there see if they can uh, make it to the finish line. All right, first on the docket, the Delphi murder case. Well, the judge, the special judge, has denied a motion that asked that the evidence seized from the Delphi murder suspect's home to be thrown out after defense attorneys argued that the probable cause affidavit contained misleading information and therefore made the search invalid. So, as you may recall, Richard Allen was arrested back in October of 2022 and charged with the death of Libby German and Abby Williams. The two girls uh, were found dead of knife wounds on February 14th of 2017, 2017, near the banks of the Deer Creek below the Monad High Bridge. So, the special judge uh, appointed to handle the um, Delphi double murder case handed down a couple of rulings yesterday. First, Judge Francis C. Gull denied Richard Allen's motion for what they refer to as a Franks hearing. I'll explain more in a minute. The judge denied Allen's motion to suppress uh, in limine regarding ballistics, and the judge dismissed Allen's motion to suppress the search of his home and took under advisement Allen's motion to transfer and to decide to set a hearing for the state's motion for the amended information. Now, in Gull's ruling regarding the Franks hearing, she said, quote, the court finds the affidavit submitted in support of the issuance of the search warrant contained information that a reasonable belief existed that the evidence of the murders would be found in the defendant's home and vehicles. The court does not find that the affidavit submitted false statements or omitted statements with a reckless disregard nor does the affiant find that the affiant intended to mislead the judge by failing to present relevant information. As the court has found, the affidavit for issuance of the search warrant was valid, the search itself was reasonable and legal under Indiana law as well as the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. The judge also noted in the motion to suppress that the defendant's motion to suppress the fruits of the search of Mr. Allen's home in Delphi, Indiana, is also denied based upon all the pleadings, memorandums, and exhibits previously submitted in support of the request 
for the Franks hearing. Now, the judge's denial of the motion regarding the ballistics evidence, Judge Gull noted, defendant's motion in limine regarding ballistics is reviewed and denied without a hearing. The court finds the evidence contained in the defendant's exhibits A and B attached to the motion is relevant and admissible. The court further finds that the probative value of such evidence is not substantially outweighed by its prejudicial impact and that the evidence will not confuse or mislead the jury. So what does that generally mean? When you file a motion for a Franks hearing to say, judge, the affidavit, the search warrant, there were uh, lies or material misrepresentations or omissions that should have included information in that particular document. And judge, if you take out these alleged lies, literally kind of take it and redact it, black it out, and you say, would probable cause exist if these statements were in fact false? But you still have to show that they were false. Now the judge doesn't get to go back and totally play armchair quarterback. And the judge basically dismissed this. Now it's what they refer to as a four corners analysis of the documents. You just have to look at the four corners and say, is there probable cause here? Is there a material misrepresentation? If you take that out, was there an omission that if you plug that into the affidavit, would probable cause still remain? So remember, the courts give great deference to the person writing the affidavit because they assume they're going to be truthful to the court. Additionally, the uh, courts, when they grant the uh, search warrant or the arrest warrant, the prosecution and the, the uh, 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 investigators in the case are then working under a basis of a good faith exception. If they did something wrong, they're like, well, the judge signed it. It must be true. We're relying upon that. So if we did something wrong, so, so be it. Um, so that didn't work out for uh, Mr. Allen and his attorneys. Further, uh, the defense um, filed a motion to eliminate regarding the ballistics and the experts and, and what have you. And in their affidavits, they're basically reports. And the court said, you know what, I'm going to allow this evidence. And what she's really saying is this is subject to cross-examination. So defense counsel who tried to get me kicked off the case, who took this case to the Supreme Court and basically won, you wanted your trial within 70 days. Let's start issuing some orders. Let's get this case rolling again. So uh, this was not necessarily just a denial of the motions filed on behalf of uh, Mr. Allen by his attorney. This was a shot by the judge to let them know, hey, I'm on the case. It's denied. We're going forward. It's my courtroom. I think you guys are a bunch of incompetent boobs. And guess what? I'm going to make you feel the pain uh, throughout these proceedings. Now, as you remember, the Indiana Supreme Court ruled last week that Allen's original attorneys could return to the case, but the motion to uh, remove the judge was denied. And um, so you have to remember, sometimes when you file a motion to recuse the judge, you have to be uh, pretty careful. The, the judge is taken in stride, but they remember it. Trust me. All right, next on the docket, another senseless murder for pizza. Three, yes, 17-year-old boys are now charged in the homicide of Antone Gee Jr. Those three individuals are Armer MacArthur, Keyshawn McNeely, and Damian Patrick, and they face one count of felony murder. 
So a criminal complaint alleges that uh, Guy was delivering pizza uh, when he was killed the night of January 10th. He was an employee at a Domino's um, and uh, surveillance video obtained from a home near the scene of the crime shows Guy standing on the front steps of a residence. He appears to interact with uh, two people and a struggle begins as a third person starts to run westbound. And as the struggle continues, multiple gunshots are heard. After a fifth gunshot, one of the three individuals is seen carrying an item that appears to be the pizza delivery bag. So police say the video then shows the person with the delivery bag run towards the struggle and a sixth gunshot is heard. The three run away and Mr. Gee is there remain, remaining on the ground. The uh, detectives uh, spoke with an individual who said that he was with the three suspects early in the evening and heard them talking about wanting to order a pizza. The man reportedly uh, said that the three said, we're going to snatch it. And this individual told the police that... Uh, the three men then left the home, returned with a pizza delivery bag, and began turning off all the lights. Now, Domino's confirmed that Mr. Gee was working when the shooting occurred, and um, the order apparently uh, was placed about 9.47 p.m. and was to be delivered uh, to the address uh, where the shooting took place. A uh, Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office report found that Gee suffered three gunshot wounds. Next on the docket, how angry must this guy have been with his wife to do what he did? So a Google engineer is charged with murder and he admitted to beating his wife to death with his fists. And it was in their, you know, inexpensive $2 million home there in uh, Santa Clara, California. I'm sure that's a fixer-upper under uh, California uh, prices. But uh, the police uh, noticed that uh, Liren Chen's right hand was extremely swollen and purple when they made contact with him, and that he had blood on his clothing, legs, arms, and hands. So how did this all get started? So when fire department personnel asked how uh, the, the uh, husband hurt his hand, he replied, I punched my wife, and I told him that it happened the day prior. So a friend of Mr. Chen, the husband, told police that he had seen Chen and his wife, Miss Yu, that night when he joined them for dinner at their house. And Chen was oddly quiet and uh, staring blankly for much of the evening. The friend returned to the house the next day to check on everybody. He walked around back and saw Mr. Chen through a rear window, sitting motionless on his knees with his hands in the air, staring somewhat blankly into the air. That's all according to the arrest affidavit. So the friend, unable to get Mr. Chen to respond, called 911. Officers saw Chen through the window with blood on his jacket and socks. Got to move in. Exigent circumstances. Well, apparently Mr. Chen remained unresponsive even when the police got there, prompting them to force their way inside. They took Chen into custody and found his wife, another Google engineer, lying on the floor in the bedroom directly behind him. Now, according to the police, she had suffered severe blunt force injuries to her head, and there was also blood spatter on the ground and the back of the door. Chen uh, was taken to the hospital, but then he was ultimately booked into custody on murder charges. To beat your wife to death, ladies and gentlemen, that's anger. That is personal. What monsters or anger did he have towards his wife? Scary stuff. And then our dumb criminal of the day. (music) 
a Florida man, why does it always seem to start off with a Florida man? But a Florida man got busted after he forgot to brush off the meth on his driver's license when he handed it over to police at a, tra at a uh, traffic stop. Police noticed a, uh, uh, a tailgate on a pickup truck that was uh, covering the license plate. <laughs> There's a gateway crime, right, ladies and gentlemen? That tailgate covering the license plate. Oh, my God, if you, if you, don't, if you uh, let that go by, uh, it's a gateway crime. Next thing you know, they'll be robbing banks. They'll be uh, conspiring against the government, and you never know where it'll end. Good thing they got to him. Anyway, the police <laughs> pulled over uh, Mr. Robert Brush for that heinous crime of his license plate not being viewed, and they asked for his license. Well, when Mr. Brush handed it over to deputies, they noticed a white crystalline substance on it. The uh, police called in the police dog, which alerted them to drugs. Where did they, what did they find? Yes, of course, between the driver's seat and the center console, a baggie filled what appeared to be a large amount of a unknown substance, but came back positive for amphetamine, 14.23 grams. Deputies also found another baggie with another two grams in there, just about making that ounce, right? Anyway, so the deputies uh, arrested Mr. Brush on charges of trafficking in uh, methamphetamine possession. Possession of a vehicle, trafficking in drugs, that's so they can seize it, and uh, tampering with physical evidence. Now, Mr. Brush is a frequent flyer. Um, his jail records show that he has been arrested over the years some 50 times. Now, they used to have words for Mr. Brush, but I think those are all a little too insensitive to use these days. So we'll just refer to him as a high rep learner. 50 times going to jail, probably most of them drug related is my guess. And you don't have enough sense not to keep the dope away from you. Why is it always between the driver's seat? Well, because that's because the driver was trying to shove it away. Anyway, Mr. Brush, you are a dumb criminal of the day. Congratulations, you made it. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. Join us tonight, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We are going live. Immediately following that, we will do our Patreon show. Please join us. We'll see you then. Have a great day. <laughs>